You're now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brenton. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. So head over there and check out an article or a review. And today is going to be part seven of the Rapture discussion installments that we've been doing revolving around the Rapture Netflix documentary that Nas is producing. And uh, for this seventh part, uh, it's covering Just Blaze. And I thought the perfect person to have for this discussion would be Trav. You heard him on other podcasts um, that we have. Um, he hasn't been on for a minute, so it's uh, glad to have him back on again. And uh, what's up, man? I'm happy to be here, man. What's up, y'all? What's up, people? Back in the building. So uh, gravy, man. <laughs> great, 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 man. So let's get right into it. How I've been uh, breaking these down is uh, we'll start by just tell me what you what you known about uh, Just Blaze before the documentary, and then we'll get into you know more of the episode. Over here, he's been known out here for, for doing this production thing. Actually, he's from Patterson, New Jersey. Um, that's a that's a town that's not too far from where I live at right now. He just been doing his thing, man. He's one of the top grade eight producers out here for a minute. You know, he's known out here real well. I mean, most people know him from the blackout with Jay Z. He's been doing it. He's been doing his thing out here with Side Gun, a lot of underground cats, and he made it real big. Like the people's champion out here, humble dude, grade eight producer. Makes marvelous sounds, man. Soulful and raw at the same time. So, you know, before before this documentary, you know, I've been following Judge Blaze for years. And he's one of the most humblest producers because, you know, producers got this stigma with him where, you know, when they, when they work on someone's project, they kind of want to do the whole album themselves. They don't want no other producers on the, on the album when they're working on someone's project. Judge Blaze definitely not like that. He's not a soldier's dude. He loves, he don't mind collaborating with other producers to work on an artist's album or project, man. And uh, he, he works with the greats, and he ain't nobody to fool with, too. He, they'll battle you. I mean, it was a great battle that went on last year, the year before last, him and uh, Swiss Beats live on Instagram. It was, a, it was a dope battle, and, you know, he, he, he did his thing. So, you know, he's, he's a good producer, and he's a humble person and a good person. And I actually met his grandmother back in the day. Yeah, that's what's up. She was, she was a sweet lady, yeah. Just Blaze, Just Blaze is one of you know, he's one of the top producers out here on the East Coast, man. Absolutely, I definitely have to agree with you. Uh, I say I have a similar background with him. Like I've known him again. You know, Saigon. You know, he's on. I can't even count how many Saigon projects he's been. You know, he he helped do uh, or help produce or produce. And then just to go through like you know the more notables. Um, Lord knows he did for Drake. Ignorant shit that he did for Jay Z for. Uh, I think it's a, what was it, American Gangster? American Gangster? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And then he did uh, Compton for Kendrick featuring Dr. Dre on uh, Good Kid, Mad City on the bonus track. And then to show, like you said, his diversity, the freedom, he did freedom for Beyonce uh, that, on the Lemonade Project. And then he did Breathe for Fabulous. Everybody knows that. That, when oh, it comes yeah, in, you just feel it. So, like, it just shows, like, the, the diversity that he has. And then um, even how they mentioned, show, show me what you got from Jay-Z is way different than Breathe, but, you know, it's the same cat, you know what I'm saying, producing it. And then, um, so, you just got so many hits from him, and and like you said, he's not one of those producers where, like, you know him, 
but he never makes it like he wants to be on the forefront. He's like, no, nah, I just want to make this music. Like it's and it's it's kind of rare that you see in those producers. It kind of reminds me of Dr. Dre in essence. How Dr. Dre is like, really, I just want to be in the like. Just let me make my music. <laughs> like, let me just make the Word, music. Wanna, you guys do you. You, you guys do you. You're the rapper. I'm here to just elevate and, and try to make the best sounds and best music we can. And I just, I think it's just unique and rare in um, producers. Yeah, he's very rare in that. Cause like, like, like I said, man, most of them, you know, I don't really, I don't want to, I don't want to um, pinpoint one, but I'll just use one as an example. Like Timbaland, he, he's not like that now, but that's how he used to be, man. Like, yo. He was getting Timbaland track. Like Timbaland was working on one of your albums. Mm-hmm. He didn't want no other producers on that album. If he, if he, if it is another producer, he don't want to do the whole project, man. You know, <laughs> that's how he used to be. Just Blaze definitely not like that, man. Absolutely not. And if you check the documentary, man, I mean, up with a few producers, he could have used that whole spot in that documentary um episode just to talk about him, yeah. his work. But he would, he went to go link up with other producers and show their amazing. Uh, I definitely agree and that is a that's a great way for us to get right into the episode um I thought one, one of the things that I took from it uh was just innovation it's just because he felt like I felt like that was like his that's his goal that that's like what motivates him is he just wants to keep on pushing it forward and keep on just expanding on his musical knowledge and just like building on it and and not want to to repeat you know the sounds like he's and one of the Starting from the beginning of the episode, one of the things that I did notice was um, that that was kind of enlightening to me was that scene where he's talking about how like house and electronic music kind of influenced his sound, and then when he said it and he showed like the how his uh intros kind of build and and just kind of repeats and repeats and repeats and and you know it's getting that energy build for you to wait for that drop and then he does it. It's something I didn't notice before, but as soon as he said it, I was like. My like my mind went through all of his productions and I was like, oh shit, you know, yeah, <laughs> he does do that. Like, and and it was one of those things that, uh, and it made me go back to uh, something I read about uh, Pharrell. I think last year about you know his signature uh, kind of structure too of the four count first uh, four notes just repeating, um, where Just Blaze has a section looped repeated, just kind of that you know different. And then you know DJ Mustard has his uh, signature like stamp DJ Mustard on the track, you know, like it's just interesting seeing the differences and like, and in this case, understanding and why he did it and how he got to that point, I thought was really a, a good point that the documentary captured. Yeah, definitely, man. The buildup was real, man. What about you? Were there any scenes um, in the beginning of the, of this episode that really like caught your eye that you thought was um, interesting more than I- any others? I mean, you know, you always say that producers, you know, they kind of grow up as children, really into music. I thought it was real cool that he went to his mom's house, you know, they went in the basement, she went in the basement and got like all his musical toys and he had all the little stuff, Fisher Price stuff, dealing with music and stuff like that from, from a small child. And you can really see that music was definitely his life growing up, man. I thought that was real cool. I mean, you hear these things, 
I mean, you think it's just a cliche when people say that about producers and stuff like that, but his mom actually pulled out all of his stuff with Fisher Price uh, from his teenage years with, the, with his first back dates and all that, man. It's just like, I thought that was real, real dope. I mean, like you say, like I say, you always hear, hear that, but you never really see it. He had every piece of equipment that he had growing up, man. It's all they even had mixtapes that he did, like back in '89 and '90. <laughs> yeah, that was still like in, still in the cassette tape. That you know it was crazy, man. I thought that was really dope. You know, yeah. I, I I just thought that it was cool. Yeah, and that scene, and I, I agree with you. That scene was was cool, and the fact that, as you said, it's not just the fact that he started when he was young. You can see the progression; like he kept with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you saw how it was, like, it started with the Fisher Price, then it got bigger, bigger, more expensive, you know, yeah, like, more real, wrong. and he just kept on progressing and progressing. He didn't just, as as you said, like, you know, just pick it up, stop, come back to it. No, he stuck with it, and that's why, like, that's why he's as good as he is, because he put in his, uh, um, Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hours. He, he's, he, he put in oh. his time, so that's why he can just do that stuff. And you kind of saw that when he, when he was with each producer different producer just how quickly and how easily he can have conversations with them even though their styles are so different from each other but like how how he was so fluid with it like it wasn't it was like it's just like learning another language like he already knew it i thought that was interesting as well yeah that was super dope man what did you you always hear about that but you never actually see it man his family definitely was influenced i i I felt i felt the uh relationship with his pops Mm. you know yeah, everything, man. About you know, just the fam- the whole family base, the upbringing. You know, always good to see a good upbringing for the family and stuff like that. With these artists, man. Um, it's the first time anybody. I think it's the first time any of us, um, that know just plays have been following his career ever. Um, got to see up close and personal, uh, with his family and um, you know, his life and stuff like that. Like we all, all of us in Jersey know he's battered, so we've seen his people around and stuff like that. But like we got in depth with his family, his relationship with his father, you know, things of that nature. I don't think he ever, ever saw that side of Just Blaze. That was good for the documentary. I mean, that's what, you know, rap shit is the whole, you know, everything in rap every episode actually does that, but it's just like, you know, it was good to see that with Just Blaze. Yeah, I definitely agree with you because before this documentary, similar to what I said about Nas in a previous episode, which you guys should check out, I think it was episode two, the Nas yeah. and Dave East one, is they come from an era, and, and we come from an era of, you weren't out there like that. You didn't put your business out there like that. Word. Like, my the way like I was brought up is like, my mom was like, no, you keep business in the house. You don't go out and yeah. tell nobody what's going on here. <laughs> they don't need to know. They ain't in the family. They don't. It's family business. Like, that's how it was. And so, now, you know, the generation of social media and everything, where we're so more open uh, yeah. in, in certain regards is, is way different than for us. And so like when Nas, the same thing, I, you never really got to see more personal sides of Nas, even with the whole situation with uh, him and Khalees before, you know, her recent interview, we didn't really know what went on. We just knew they were married. They got a divorce. Yeah, some, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like some shit happened, but we didn't know like to the extent or like, but anything in his life, we really didn't, we, we just knew him through his music and, and the little bits that we saw, and the same thing with Just Blaze and kind of this, you know, like Jay-Z, the same way. Like, we don't really get a peek into their personal lives until now, more recently. Now we are. Yeah, now we're starting to get them. Which is good, man. We need that, you know. Uh, I think it's good for artists to do that. Um, I do, too. Because, because it, 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 kind, it, kind of, it kind of, like, wakes people up. Because people sometimes with artists, they get, uh, they, 
these are the things that these these people aren't human like yeah, us. Exactly. Like they're human, you know what I mean? So I think I mean I, I, yeah, like we did grow up with things more privately stuff like that. But then we also coming up like that, not all of us, but some of us get this perception in our head that these guys aren't human. They're like super. They don't do the same things we do. They live the same way we live. And I think it just like gives you a reality check when you get deep into these uh, documentaries and people get personal with their lives and become a little bit more of an open book so you can see that these people are human. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like you know, they have families. They get they, trials and tribulations. They bleed. You know, they, they, they hurt. Just, they, right. They're they just hurt, like us. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. So, you know, that, 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 gives you, that gives you an inside look on that. So, you know, you break a little bit of perception that people be having with these big superstars, man. Yeah, you know, just like us. And, and I think that I think it works on both sides. I think it's double sided because by doing that, it also shows from the artist side. So like when these artists have these breakdowns or these uh, and I'm not talking about Kanye in this situation, but I'm talking about like artists that really have real mental. I'm not I don't know if Kanye is having a mental breakdown or not, but I'm talking about people that are having depression or having real mental breakdowns and stuff like that. These artists, sometimes the fans be looking at them like, well, how come you didn't go to this show or how come you didn't go to this concert? I paid like, Hey, they're human. Like <laughs> they have yeah, emotions too. Like they're going through shit too. Like, yeah. So-and-so artists just got a divorce. Maybe right now they don't want to talk and have an interview. Like, so no, like, and, but we have to be understanding of, of them. Just like we have to also understand on the other side that, yeah, they're human. So right. we can't hold them up to these pedestals. We can't hold them up to these status. They're just like us. They're just really good at what they do. And we tend as a society to value those things where, you know, in a perfect world, everybody in the top of their field would have status like that. The top teacher in, you know, New York would have, she'd be on, he or she would be on the same status as uh, the top NBA player on the New York Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, but right. we don't live in a society where all occupations are held to those same regards. We pick and choose certain ones. But again, that does not make them any better or worse than any other human fan or or not they're just like i said just really good at what they do <laughs> and fortunately right. that it pays a lot yeah they go through it just like we go through it man you yeah. know what i'm saying trials and tribulations life has, has really curveballs to throw you know what i'm saying sometimes you know things happen so yeah. i mean i i, I really know how it is man. so that's why we get get too caught up into it man yeah it's like everybody this kanye thing yeah. i mean like yo I mean, I just, I think we just need to be more understanding and ask the, you know, just try to get uh, more understanding of why he's saying what he's saying and then just 
that doesn't mean you just because you ask questions to get a better understanding of what somebody's saying that doesn't mean you necessarily agree with it so uh that's just my perspective is you know we should and 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 to be honest we really shouldn't be focusing that much on what he's saying because he's just like we just said he's just a person i mean like he's what he's saying is not gonna affect the world He's he's not he's not our president. We should be focusing more on what the president is saying and what the president is doing. What's going on in Puerto Rico? Was you know there's so many other things that's going on that's a lot more important. I'm not saying yeah. I mean I posted stuff on it about it as well, but I moved on from it. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, hmm, this is interesting what he's saying. Some of the things uh, like I put on were very reminiscent of what was in Get Out. So, but I just. After that point, I moved on because there's other more important things in this world. We got to keep moving because he's still getting paid. He's still, yeah, he's, you know what I'm saying? We got to keep him moving. Life, life's going to go on and we have to continue to moving and doing what we can in our lives to change things in a matter that's meaningful to us. And worrying about what Kanye's saying is not going to do that. So, um, Florida. Uh, yeah so uh but let's get back to this uh the the just blaze episode because to me this was really a a really good episode as well um one of the other things that i that i wanted to talk about is just like we were talking about before how there were so many different like this to me was like the producer episode of showing the the who uh the architects of the sounds that these rappers are, are are um using as a platform and how he had the the breadth of different um, uh, producers. How he went from uh, up and comer with uh, DJ Mustard to uh, yeah. to uh, a legend like Swiss Beats, and and you even spoke on it about how they had this heated competition, but it was still out of fun and love for the music, and then they could still sit down and have these conversations. Like uh, it kind of reminded me of like um, uh, Magic and a uh, Bird, how they battled on the court. But then, but like, they, they can still, yeah, they can still, because they have a mutual respect for each other, like, yeah, I know you're a beast, I'm a yeah. beast too, though. <laughs> like, like, that I kind of thing. What did you think about the about the selection of producers that he picked? What was, um, would you have replaced any of them, or what What, what did you think about that? No, nah, I, think, I think he, uh, I mean, with him in his realm of things that are, um, that he that he like as himself, as, as personal music that he listens to, I think he picked the, the perfect ones. Chris Beats. Havoc, um, DJ Mustard, Ninth Wonder, and you know, um, Guru. I don't know it was Guru. Those are the guys that that he looked up to, man. I mean, yo, every producer wants to recreate Shook ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Like, who would, as a producer, who wouldn't want? Because that that beat was was done in such a a raw way. Like, why wouldn't you want to try to? Yeah, when that scene came on, though, you, your 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 name popped into my mind. I was like, "Yeah, Chad's gonna like this part." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and that that was that was a pretty amazing uh, scene of recreating that beat and just the discussion of it. And just that's the other thing that I appreciated appreciated about this episode is the musical education that Just Blaze was giving, but he was giving it in such a way that it wasn't like I'm trying to teach you. It's just I'm just talking about what I love. That's like that's it. Like like. How he talks about how basically like shook ones in in musical theory 
should not make sense. It should not it should not sound pleasing to the ear. It should not go. But yet, as you stated, stated, you can go anywhere and play that anywhere, and you at least gonna get a handful of people that instantly, within the first five seconds, go, "Oh shit!" And they head is already bobbing because they know what it is. They know what it is, yeah. They already know what it is. Exactly. So that's I, I thought that was that was real interesting. How how big of an effect do you think uh, it was of? Um, uh, two, there was two scenes that, that I wanted to ask you about, like uh, the, the emotional effect of it, of the the loss of his father. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, I think that took a big piece out of him because I was the one, his father was the one I was pushing him, like really pushing him and standing behind him to support everything that he did. And to lose, I mean, he had small, but just lose that part in your life, man. The one I was pushing you, I mean, it hurts at the same time. Gonna push to make him proud. Mm-hmm. You understand? And, and show him that all the work and um, all the support that he, that he gave him growing up paid off. So I think it hurt him, of course, because that's someone he loved and someone I was by his side as a parent. But at the same time, I, th- I, I, think, I think it gave him superb um, inspiration to push, push hard and push forward and, and, and become a legend. You know what I mean? I think that, that actually helped him. Yeah, I, th- I think that definitely took a big hit on him, and it was just it was just interesting that the the other scene that go- re- relating to the to his father was uh the scene of um like he said he wanted to uh to to be like his father and and that's why he was playing these games and he he made that game you know in secret because uh, he thinks he's gonna get in trouble and then when they find out he's like they're like no go ahead like just instead of that the opposite of what he thought of punishment, you know, he got encouragement to continue oh, to yeah, be, that, that to be little, creative. Yeah, yeah. To me, that was, that was real touching. And that's to me why it shows why it's so important to have father figures or a father in, in, in their life because I, the father didn't even realize the effect that he's having, because again, the kid's doing it in secret. So he doesn't know that he's trying to be like his dad, you know what I'm saying? He does it as a father. He doesn't know that. And he finds that out. So that's what I mean, like the effect that fathers have on 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 their sons is paramount in their lives. Um, if if you have the ability to be there, uh, that that was a very uh, touching scene. And like I said, it, it just highlighted that that point to me even more. And then the other thing that I did want to talk to you about was the idea that he was talking about of how like him and Young Guru and with Rock Nation or well, at the time Rockefeller were also tight knit. And basically he was working so hard and so diligent that he was putting out music at such a constant pace. And then uh, that helped spawn the career of Young Guru. Um, and then how he kind of juxtaposed that to how it is now where he's kind of more like solo because, you know, everybody is at a point where they don't need to be so close and, how he kind of felt like he was longing for that, but at the same time that he's okay with where he's the growth that he's at now. Like, what did you think about that dynamic? I mean, you know, he's a true producer that had samples and, you know, the digger in the crates got it, you know, looking for records and perfect sound and things of that nature. I mean, like, once, once, once you become a producer like that, like, you can move with the flow. You know what I mean? It didn't get the respect of being a real true producer. Mm-hmm. You know, that really... You know, went, went to, the, to the essence and the basics of it, and really built up the now. So, I mean, I think he's going. I think he, I think he's, he's he's great in the lane that he is right now. You know, what I mean, he can mm-hmm. move within this new generation. Um, they can do whatever. They can they can make it more simple or whatever. But just Blaze is always going to be that respected legend. Um, and and the producing field because he all he he's within the essence and involved with the 
solidified um, in the time he is, he is now. Yeah, I, I definitely think he has a place. Um, even just based on his on his previous work alone, um, he he has a, he has a place in hip in hip hop uh, uh, legacy uh, to me, anyways. Uh, the 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 next thing that I do want to bring up as before we start to wrap up and, and talk about what we thought about the episode as a whole and in comparison to the other episodes is uh, how they showed the process of creating a song um, from right. the the beat that they made at his studio and then he, they went to, um, to yeah uh, no no that was wasn't that the beat that he made prior to DJ Muster. That was a different oh, beat. Oh, no, he made a beat with him. He made us meet a beat together. You're right, you're right. Yeah. That was something. Yeah. Um, that he did for, uh, you know, two artists that I know that you know very familiar. You want to go into that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed, man. I was very shocked to see, and I was happy to see, that Westside Gun and Conway the Machine <laughs> um, was in the building. That he, was, he was working with them. These guys have been making a lot of noise out here, man. Like, you know, uh, that whole 90s era of raw hip-hop. Like, when you talk about Mob Deep and Capone Noriega, Onyx, you know, think things like that. These guys come from Buffalo, New York, upstate New York. You're not even from the Pharaohs. They're from upstate. But it's raw up there. It's like, you know, it's, it's crazy up in Buffalo. Everybody knows Buffalo, but Buffalo Hills. And these guys came through, man, and, 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 and you're carrying on the torch. Those guys are like very, very unique and special right now, man. They holding down the torch. Westside Gun, Conway the Machine, Dina Butcher, and Lloyd Fleet. These guys are doing their thing out here. I was very happy to see that that Just Blaze is working with them. I mean, everybody that makes raw hip hop and produces that do what that raw sound is, they are, they're gonna go reach for for these guys. Eminem is on them. They got their own record label called Brazilda Records, and it's uh it's in partnership with Shady Records. And um, these these guys are dope, man. Like they like the more shit that's going on, on the East Coast right now. I mean, it's a lot of music coming from out here right now, but these guys are keeping it from the essence, keeping that raw shit. Just alone, Conway Machine, man. He just this whole story by itself. This guy got shot in, in the back of his head. Um, if you look at him, you can see that half of his face looked like he had a stroke, but actually it's because he got shot in the back of his head and collapsed and gave him uh, collapsed half of his face like a stroke. And this guy is like a fucking monster. You know what I mean? He's nice. Just to see that Judge Blaze was working with him and giving him points. He was telling him, you know, Judge Blaze was also giving him giving him, giving him an um, inspiration and how, and how to make a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coaching him. So that whole scene right there, man, I was very happy to see that scene, man, because I'm like, yo, these are the guys that I listen to mostly on the underground scene right now. They, they actually get more, get more um, into the they're going to start getting more into the mainstream, but it's not going to be like that commercial watered up shit, but they're starting to do Coachella and things of that nature. So they're doing their thing. Um, just to see him, you know, go over there and make a song with them, man, I, I thought that was amazing, man. That was one of my favorite part of the whole, whole uh, documentary in this episode, man. Just yeah. to see those cats up there. Cause I, I've seen them. I've been rocking with them for like two years. Yeah, you're the one... Already mixed some shit. Yeah, you're the one that put me on them. So... That's why when I when I saw that scene, I thought it was interesting. And like I, like you said, they they are dope, and, and like they do have that that raw that that grittiness that yeah. that hip hop is missing. That you 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 feel like you get little shots of it, but then you don't get you don't get that full dose, like a full like a real a real album, a real project. 
but they provide that. They're right. filling that lane. They're filling that lane. They're filling that space uh, that feels like yeah, it's been empty. And I thought it was interesting. I, I also, like you said, I really enjoyed how they showed the process of how he was like, nah, don't go on the two, go on the three. You know, yeah, that was good. Let's do like just the whole process of what he's feeling as a producer, letting them feel what they're feeling, and then melding, melding all of that together to make a better project and better uh, track to elevate the sound. You know, because he came in saying, this is what I was thinking when I made this production. So so you understand the feel of it, and I'm going to play it. And then he's let them get the feel of it, let them start writing their verses. And then they win the boot, they gave their verses, and, you know, he's giving them pointers to, to elevate the verses. Not from a content point, but a delivery aspect, which right. was delivery also noticeable. Aspect. Not 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 what you're saying, because you're the artist. You need, that's going to be your, your creation. But as a producer... I'm worried about the. I'm I'm focusing on the sounds. Let's change yeah. this delivery so it, it arrives to be a little bit differently. You know what I'm saying? Like in essence, that's that's how I felt that he was giving, and then and then that last part at the end where like he's singing kind of like what could be a hook or a melody, just like completing it because you got at least you got two verses, possible hook and a melody, and you got the production. Like we got a how a, they they showed us the process of a track through this whole documentary I thought was interesting, but the way that they broke it up so that it wasn't just so formulaic. Like you might not get it if you really weren't paying attention and strung all those together. Because like I said, he made that beat early in the episode. Murder. Yeah, so I just, that that's what I took from that part. You said what? He had them in mind when he was making it. Mm-hmm, yeah. He would have no idea that he was making I would have no idea that he had them in mind. No, neither, neither did I. But it's just interesting how music is is like fluid like that though. That's that's another thing that I took from it. What? How would you compare this episode in comparison to the other six ones, excluding the la- uh, the last episode? Well, well, this one's the producer one. This one, this one, you know, it's it's different mm-hmm. because, like I said, he went around with other. He could have just stuck with his story. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these, a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them did have special guests and, you know, they, they kind of cut into like, you know, mm. people that they respect and stuff like that. But like, in this episode, he really showed that he had respect for a lot of other people and showed how he, how he, how he builds relationships with people and, um, you know, in New York to, to wherever. He'd go to California, L.A. and just move around and, and he had great relationships with people in the industry that he respects. I mean, the other episodes, they showed, they, they kind of stuck with, which was cool. I don't, you know, it's nothing wrong with it, but they kind of like stuck with, with, with their lives. And, yeah, just different. Them, them, them. But this guy actually showed, shared his episode with like three, like four other producers, a few artists. You know what I mean? Like showing him going going shopping for records. Took it back. He, he went to his house with, with his family, but he didn't keep it there. He's like showing that he's bouncing around. And he's been having these great relationships on the West Coast and the East Coast, just sharing it with people that you respect, man. Now, you know, that's what stood out with this episode and the rest. All the episodes are great, all of them. I mean, there's just a couple episodes up there that make the artists I don't even listen to like that, but after watching the episode, I put some respect for him. Like, God, like Two Chains, like, I'm not really a big Two Chains fan. Mm. And after watching that episode, I put some respect for him. Yeah. Well, his journey, his, his craft, you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, I'll say for me, uh, I did definitely take, when you were talking, what it made me think of was basically, um, like you said, he did introduce so many different people, 
but at the same time, it still felt like we knew we learned a lot about him because that's what we said. You know, that's what we talked about. Like for and so very educational. Yep. So the uh, the only thing that I can come up with that you can incorporate so many people and still feel like we got so much education on you as a person is that right. that you are a people person that you not necessarily that you're a people pleaser but you're a people person you understand people and you have right. you, like we said he builds good relationships with people and it's about a genuine respect and a mutual respect and that's why it's fostered and it even spans multiple generations large professor before him uh swiss beats with him dj mustard after him or not after him right. but you know upcoming now newer so like it his networking ability surpasses just genre or genre or generation um which i which is what i found as well and like i said it did feel very personal i felt like i do know just blaze more than i ever did and i've known about his music for a long time that is something that i felt and is similar to what i felt with the nas and davies one because I, I felt the same way like i've known nas and i've loved his music and he's one of my favorite artists especially lyricists Me too. Me uh, that I felt like I didn't really know him outside of his music, and I felt like I got a a, 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 a peek into that, and the same thing that with Just Blaze. Um, so I thought that was interesting um, in comparison. And But I, I have to say still, my favorite has to be the Rhapsody, man. My favorite has to be Rhapsody. This is probably number two, and then maybe Nas. But I, I'll figure that out when we do the when I do the wrap-up Rapture discussion. But that's that's where I'm kind of seeing it right now because I just really enjoyed, uh, like I said, the Rhapsody one. But this one was was very oh, well. Oh yeah, Rhapsody is a great name. Yeah, this 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 episode was very well done, very well shot, and was like I said, informative into Just Blaze's life. The last one is going to be. Well, is there anything else you want to say in regards to this this uh, episode uh, about Just Blaze? Uh, I just I just loved it, man. I think like like you just gave it a, like one of your. I was one of my top two, my top three actually. It would have been just Nas, Rhapsody, and just I don't I can't put it in no order. Those are the same top three. <laughs> no, that's, that's I'm not understandable. Going for one over the other, but it's definitely in my in my top three of all of them. Like I, I didn't know a lot about uh, Just Blaze's personal life. Like you said, got, got a chance to know him. Like Nas, I probably studied everything about. Now I I, I, I knew a lot about Nas. So I got a book over here called Born to Use Mike, so that I read with him and um Eric Dyson. So that's a good book. You know, that's a good book. Kind of like breaks down the lyricism of, of, of Illmatic. And then the Thomas Illmatic documentary came out like three years ago. That was, got very in-depth with his life too. So like Just Blaze, I didn't have any of that, nothing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It was just, yo, know, I know the tracks that he produced. I know who he worked with, the artists he worked with. You know what signature sound is basically um a lot of gospel sampling, soulful sampling. You know that's a Just Blaze beat. And you hear some of that, you hear choruses. You know, like a choir somewhere and within the beat. You know, that's just Blaze beat. Like he started that. To me, I feel like he was, he was the king of that sound. Like he started that. He was the father of that sound. So you know, I knew that about him. You know what I mean? I knew you know, yeah. stuff he worked with. So, you know, something like a game. You got a song that he did with Game, man. I think it was Game's second album. Yeah, yeah. It's um, why you hate the game? Yeah, that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yo. Yo, when I heard, yo, that was like one of, one of my favorite Just Blaze tracks. You know? Yeah, I think uh, Martian like, Roger and Nas was on that. that. Yo. Yeah, yeah, that joint, yo, that joint right there, like that's when I really started seeing, yo, this guy, I mean, everybody loved the Black Album. Yeah. You know, but like, yo, when you heard him do that game joint, to me, I was like, yo, 
this dude right here, man, he knew how to make them make that shit sound so heavenly, but with gutter with gutter lyricism, but a heavenly beat, man. Yeah. That like, he was so soulful that beat, man. I can, I can let he let the shit ride at the end, like he's like game finishes verses and the shit rolled for like another twenty minutes. The beat was just riding out, man. It's a fucking great a great feeling. So I knew the feeling of just blaze and how he makes you feel as a listener. But I didn't know nothing about his personal life really. Um, with his, you know, his father, his mom, he grew up, he evolved with the instrument, the instrument to up to where he is now and stuff like that. So, you know, this whole process of picking beats, you didn't get the, you don't know that. You didn't, you didn't get a chance to, to see any of that. So I learned a lot in this episode, man. It's like, it's one of my, it's in my top three, absolutely. Like I said, this is a really good episode. Um, for those out there that uh, that do that that really enjoy this episode and the process of making production, you should check out um, Rhythm Roulette by Mass Appeal on. Um, I-, I watch it on YouTube where they had an episode where Just Blaze basically you go into a record shop blindfolded, pick three records, go back to your studio, your house, or wherever, and make an album or make a beat on the spot. Yeah, they had an episode with him. Um, I think it was sponsored by oh, Sprite. Oh, yeah, that's my joint. That's, yeah, that's uh, my joint. I know, I know what you're talking about. When yeah. they go into the record store or the blindfold, yeah. and they, they pick the records out, they go straight, like, whatever record they pick, they don't even know what record they pick. They pick, like, two, three of them, and, uh, and they take it back to the, to, to the studio and just make a beat of whatever record they pick. Yeah, yeah that was a dope. That's, that's, a, that's a dope show. Yeah, so if, if if you like this episode, you probably will like that. So I suggest go watch that. Continue watching the Rapture uh, Rapture documentary on Netflix, uh, produced by Nas. Uh, we will do uh, part eight, which is on a boogie with the hoodie, um, yeah. which is the the part eight of which will be our part eight for Rapture discussion. That's going to be an interesting uh, discussion. First, I want to say again, thank you, Trav, for doing another episode with us. Uh, we definitely got to do some more in the future. And, um, yeah. Absolutely. You already know. And uh, as you know, you know our motto, live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. And we're out. Be out. Peace and love, everybody.